Ladies and gentlemen, the recipients of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer, as always, speaking to you in my own voice, attempting to try to save America and the world at large from itself, starting with me. As always, I uh, want to take a time, your, your time, to say thank you so much for giving us a listen. Our, our numbers are growing, and I appreciate the uh, comments and questions and so forth. But, you know, with life, if, if we've learned anything from this pandemic, there's always going to be something. And you're thinking, okay, we're done with this. We've repaired the house. We fixed the car. We've done this. But there's always going to be something. And it seems more than ever, time to oneself is the most viable thing that we can do for ourselves to keep us healthy and happy. And with that, I'm saying thank you. Some of you take walks and listen to the show. Some of you, you know, have, I've, I've read that, you know, have candles and you read or just relax and listen to the show or just you're driving and you listen to the show. And it means a great deal to me for you to take time from your valuable life with all that is going on, with all that you are doing, to give us a listen. I'm just grateful. And uh, a lot to share with you today, but before that, let's start with our first question. How are you? As always, if you're new, just listen. Take a moment and a deep breath. How are you doing today? How are you doing right now? Are you getting good sleep? Are you less irritated? Are you more agitated? Are you healthy, mind, body, and soul? Are you doing okay? It's so important to do that, particularly as as we grow older. It's amazing how bulletproof and how obtuse we are in our 20s. We can do anything. We can party all night. We can drink. We can just go crazy, in a sense, and show up at work, and we do pretty well. How was your weekend? Oh, my gosh, didn't get any sleep. Oh, my gosh, you won't believe what I went through this weekend. And then the body starts to talk to you in your 30s. I remember uh, I was still in the Air Force and I got sick and it took like a week to repair my body that I used to do like in two, three days. I'd still work out, but like, wow, it was just different. In the 40s, you're really noticing it and then, you know, it just goes on and on from there in a sense. But it's so important to take care of yourself. It truly, truly is. Because again, there's there's going to be, what, uh, 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 the kids are going to drive you crazy. You've got to get the kids going, and you're trying to keep the kids entertained or keep them safe. Something's wrong with the car. You know, there's, you're going to lose the keys. You're going to lose the keys. In my case, you can't find your drink. Oh, my gosh, what happened? Did it evaporate? Did it disappear? Or, or you know, in my case, I go shopping for, I'll make a nice meal. It's like, oh, man, I forgot to get this one thing, and now i got to get it again. It's always going to be some little thing. But you know what's amazing, too, in life? If you take a step back, we fix our problems. might be arduous and, you know, mind-bending at the time. But for the most part, we learn to fix things. And what I try to do when I have a problem, I just take a step back and say, Dave, what would Dave do? Oh, okay, Dave would put it here. There it is. Or I would do that. Or I'll try to fix the problem. Or if I can't fix it, I'll have someone assist me. If I can't fix the car, I bring it to the service, bring it to the station, bring it to the dealership. If I'm 
too ill and I haven't repaired myself, I got to see a doctor. But I'm trying to convey, ladies and gentlemen, please take care of yourself. This thing that we are facing, we're going to talk about it here in a second, is not going to go away overnight and it's not going to be a quick fix. It's not. We are going to need a lot of mental help. We're going to need a lot of good people to step up and give us good advice. And sooner or later, and I'm sorry, it's going to make some folks, someone stepping on a big toe here. Sooner or later, we're going to grow up and say, enough with the white noise. Enough with needless rhetoric. Okay, whether it's left or right or red or blue, stop it. We elect our politicians to work for us, to represent us. As a fire captain, I'm here to serve my community and take care of my crew. As a parent, you're not there to, to be your, your, your post-teenage kids, BFFFF. No. You're there to protect your babies and raise your babies to be functional, productive adults. That's it. That's it. And there's so much in life, ladies and gentlemen, that we can spend more, we can devote more time and more attention to. And some of life is simply white, needless noise. Is it worth going to bed so upset? Is it worth losing a good night's sleep? And again, we've talked about this over and over. How many of us, myself included, can't wait to take a vacation with the one that you love or make it a great escape or, oh, my goodness. And what do we do? Doing, I mean, we talk about, oh, my gosh, we're going to go dancing. I got a new dress. I bought a new outfit. I got to lose five pounds. I got to get a haircut. Got to have those shoes. Got to have this because we're going on the most amazing vacation in a lifetime. We're going to travel here, do this, do that, eat the food, see this all beautiful sights. And 99.9% .9 of us, what do we do? We get good sleep. We get good sleep. Because you want to rest. You want to recharge. And it's amazing. The sites that we see that we travel the world for. I mean, wh why, why we buy a home because we think, oh, this will be a good breakfast nook. We can sit outside on the porch. We can sit in the backyard, the front yard, the upstairs porch, balcony. Just to look at things. To immerse ourselves in solace. So all I'm trying to convey is. Whatever's going on in the world today, and still we're going to have these, these little, you know, things in life. Please, please, please take a deep breath. Enjoy that cup of coffee. When you take a walk, don't just walk, but take in the branches and the trees and the sights and the smells. Spring, spring is almost upon us. And I'm saying that as I'm broadcasting to you in my little SUV, and it's 38 degrees <laughs> outside which means I'm dedicated to you. I'm so dedicated. But I am serious about this. And all that you do, take a few moments to take care of you. Ho, ho. A little preachy there. Sorry about that, but I do have to do this. It's for our own, all of our embitterments. Well, uh, you know, I'm going to give myself a little pet on the back. Pels are dumbest. Your host, Pelzer Dumas, all unknowing, all unseen, did predict this and is now confirmed as of a few weeks ago that the CDC predicts a new sub-variant of the Omicron. And, 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 and again, the CDD, CDC, WHO, all these specialists, God, you know what we should do is say thank you, sir, and thank you, ma'am. What a thankless job. 
you know, either either they react too slowly or they're over predicting. Again, the parent thing. They're doing the best they can with what they have. But the CDC predicts a new subvariant of the Omicron. It makes me sound like the, the new Terminator movie, okay? This is going to be fantastic. I will not yield. I will not surrender. I will get you. I'll be back. Well, the new subvariant, the Omicron, is likely to hit America on or around April 22nd. And I read that, and I talked to some folks. I'm going, uh, not April, not May, but April 22nd, that's the date. I'm like, is that like uh, like when you release a movie like Michigan and Poskable? That's the release date, or a new 007 movie, that's the release date, or I'm what's going to take the kids to Disneyland on that particular date? But they're, they're pretty serious about it. They're, they're predicting it. And the new one, I don't know how they come up with this. They call it the Stealth Variant. The B2A Stealth Variant. And when I, when I hear B2, I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's the billion-dollar bomber. The billion-dollar bomber that we paid $1 billion per plane that's flown, I don't know, a couple dozen combat missions. And no, it looks like the Batwing, and I'm into that stuff. Everybody know I like. I'll see a movie going. God, I gotta get that Batman tumbler. Wow, I gotta get that James Bond Aston Martin. Wow, that's a good dress. I gotta get that for the future former ex Mrs. Pelzer. I gotta do it. I'm into that, you know, high tech, cool looking stuff. But uh, unbelievable, and 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 it's already out. You know, and it's, it's weird about America. It can't happen to us. You know, we can go over there and say a prayer and Johnny come marching home. We'll go overseas to Europe and, you know, we'll kick some butt and we'll live in trenches for 18 months and come back and we're all battle damaged from the, 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 you know, the war to end all wars. That was World War One. We were over there in World War Two because it can't happen. What? It did? We got bombed? Pearl Harbor. Oh, my gosh. Terrorism happens overseas. It happens in Europe. It happens in these third world countries, but not America. Not us. Yeah, September 11th. And I'm sure a lot of us were in denial of, you know, the great crash of 2008. And then I, I, I'm sorry. I was part of it, too. I, I saw it uh, New Year's. There was something going on in China. And they shut down Wuhan. How many people? Was it three, five, eight million people completely shut down? Days later, Venice. I'm like, Venice? No way. That's a nice place. That's beautiful. That's where tourists go to the tour. Wow. And then it hit us. It's just, it's just a- a- amazing. But it is coming our way. The, the new stealth variant is in 57 countries as we speak. Denmark got hit the worst. However... However, be at ease. It spreads. The new variant spreads more easier, per se. But, but it's not as deadly, they're saying. And if you have your shots, particularly, excuse me, if you have your booster shot, the word is you'll have an effective shield. Now, here's what I'm trying to say. Cool, calm, and collective. If you got your two shots and you're getting your boosters, plural, because we may have to do this, Every six to eight months, I don't know. They're still trying to work everything out, but we are. One, we're just going to have to deal with it. We may have to wear our mask a little bit longer, delay traveling overseas a little bit, whatever, longer. But we are better off than we were last year. 
Because remember, this time last year, we're starting to get those shots. Starting to get those shots. And we're definitely better off than we were two years ago. And all I'm trying to convey is I'm trying to give you folks knowledge that you can use so you can adjust to this. That's all we need to do is be calm, cool, and collected and just adjust to this. I predict uh, we're going to uh, have to adjust to this at least for the rest of my lifetime. I probably got a good five, eight good years, good years left, God willing, God willing. And I want to use my time appropriately. I'm not going to waste time complaining that the government let us down. You should have done more for me. I don't like you for this. I'm mad at you about that, blah, blah. blah. I don't need it. I don't want it. It takes too much time and energy away from me being happy. Okay. Uh, some I remember I went to the, the local supermarket, the Safeway. I walked in there and people looked at me and I thought, okay, is my fly open? Did, did, did I not brush a tooth? What's, oh, darn it. I forgot my mask. Gosh darn it. So I covered my mouth and my nose with my hand and just ambled outside and golly gee whiz, I forgot my mask. And I walked in. I mean, it's, it's, we, just, we just have to adjust to it as best we can. We don't all walk around naked. No, we got to put on some clothes. You see, we adjust to it. It's cold. I got to put on like today. I got a t-shirt, sweater, <laughs> and a jacket in my car so I can talk to you. Uh-oh, I got to get gas. I'm going on a trip. We just adjust to it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want us all to just, just I mean, it, 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 there are times that we just uh, raise our fist in the air and go, Stella, Stella. If you're under 40, you won't get that joke. Marlon Brando. <laughs> Stella. You just want to scream. That's normal. You know what's weird? If, if, if you don't let it out, it's going to eat you alive. So I'm saying just adjust to these things as best we can. Because life, it's always something. Well, let's get to the meat of the show. As, as, as some of you know, uh, I spoke about it, I think, on the last show or the show before that. I had a friend. That was not doing too well. And we all knew how it was going to end. And, and, and my friend Paul, if you don't know this, he was my dearest friend. I consider him a brother. I still do. Him and Howie and Mr. J.D. Thome were my brothers basically when I was in foster care. I, I moved to this uh, very elaborate, beautiful Norman Rockwell neighborhood for a few months. And it just affected my life. I had siblings, siblings in real life, but... Because, you know, how I was raised, I was not allowed to interact with them. They lived upstairs. I lived in a basement, blah, blah, blah. So as a young child in foster care, as a teenager, I think I was 15, for the first time in my life, I got to play, interact with kids that didn't judge me. And we just all were just kids. We did stupid stuff. Uh, 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 one of the guys said um, we had a celebration of life for Paul as his sister's beautiful backyard and Miss Dory and her husband David and her her four their four uh, babes or their uh, well they're well, they're not well they're young ladies now the oldest being thirty young ladies we, we we got a chance to speak and 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 one of the guys says you know if it was today we would considered we would have been marked as domestic terrorists because we were kids we were scamps we would experiment with things and drive cars or ride mini bikes and do stunts as we called our we called them and. We just did things together. 
but Paul, God bless him, uh, he lost his uh, bout with cancer. That was his third go with it, and he passed away. And uh, uh, I was, uh, we, we all got, it was weird. Um, only a few of us spoke. You had Mrs. Brazil, his mom, there, and then Dory and, and, and her husband, David, on one side, and the grandkids sitting with their grandma. And, and, and most of us just stood behind them out of respect. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I'm 61, and I still call Mrs. Brazil Mrs. B or Mrs. Brazil out of respect. And yet how quiet and respectful we always were to his family, Mr. Brazil and Mr. Marsh or Miss Marsh or Miss Nalen, Mr. Bellore, Miss Bellore, Mrs. Howard. She was to leave it there. She was Mrs. Cleaver, per se, of the neighborhood. If you're under 45, you won't get that reference. Leave it to Beaver. We were always respectful, even though we were kind of scampy, knock-around kids. Even to this day, it's a quiet respect. And for me, and I kind of said it, I said, you know, the older I get, I said, death is just so hard for me. And particularly, you know, when you see someone slip, slip away from you, I cannot imagine losing a child. I cannot imagine the years and years and years Mrs. Brazil has given to her son because, you know, Paul had some issues and he basically shut down and for a while he just gave up and he gave up on himself. And, you know, at my age, you know, it's I, I examine every time I lose something, I just stop and I process and I examine myself where I'm at right now and, you know, the things I should have done or could have done. You know, I, I always make reference of the time machine, the back to the future, Marty. You know, jumping gigawatts. You know, that, that time flux capacitor, <laughs> go back in time at this timeline and straighten everything out. Or they call it the butterfly effect. You know, if you change one thing, it's going to cause something else to appear or maybe even make it worse. But I examine my life and I look at choices and, and, and even some of my judgment calls. And I have to say this to be honest with Paul. When I saw him slipping away as a very young man, I, at times I was very harsh and very critical. And, and, and I have to admit, sometimes I was too critical. There's reasoning behind it that I'll explain in a second. When I was there at uh, the service, you know, they had just a few photos of Paul. They had a beautiful portrait. I think when Paul was like maybe 18 or 20, and he had that thick mustache like his father. And then uh, it was Mr. Brazil Dan and Paul. And then below was the beautiful Miss Dory and her mom. And it's amazing because Paul looked like Dan and Mrs. Brazil or Dory looked like her, her mom, Mrs. Brazil. And yet you can see at a very young age that, you know, Paul's eyes were, weren't as shiny as they used to be, and he was only like 20-ish. And there was a photo uh, uh, below that, and it's a, it, it was, it was, it's a copy of a, of a newspaper clipping. And I hadn't seen Paul in that light, and I forgot. But it was a photo of him on the front page of the local Bay Area News in California, and it shows smiling Paul and that, 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 that moppy haircut that you had in the 70s, the Haymo haircut. And he had beautiful blonde hair, just, just, just no 
acme, just just beautiful skin and his eyes, and he was smiling because he was standing behind his creation of an R2-D2 droid from the film Star Wars. And I've told this story before, but please allow me to repeat. He saw Star Wars, I think, either 40 times or someone said 77 times in, in two weeks. He just disappeared. <laughs> no one knew where he was at. Everybody's yelling, Paul, come in for dinner, and Paul's gone. <laughs> and he went in his garage, and without internet, Google, Bing, whatever, no blueprints, nothing, nothing. He made an actual R2-D2. He painted it. Uh, someone, how he said he used, they used, they stole a salad bowl <laughs> to put on the top. And it moved around and made a couple beep beep noises and stuff. And he was always improving on it. Him and Howie were always working on it on the weekends. And so much so that someone from Lucas Films saw it and they said, oh, we want to rent it for our conventions and stuff. And he was just so proud of that. And I learned, too, before that, he used to uh, make phasers from uh, Star Trek. And it was weird because in the late 70s, Star Trek, I guess, had a blueprint or behind Star Trek series of phasers or all these little gadgets. And there was a blueprint of a phaser or, or, a, or no, a talking device, whatever, you know, the flip-flip talking device. Beam me up, Scotty. I can't do it, Captain. I like it one time when the doctor says, I'm a physician, not a surgeon, Jim. Well, okay, good luck with that, Bones. But they, they, they bought this book, Paul bought this book, on the blueprints of the phasers or the talkies or whatever he was working on in particular. And he was only off less than a quarter of an inch. The flip devices, the little sound effect. Uh, and he actually had an AM radio that he scaled down and a little button to push to get the little static sounds. Unbelievable. You want to talk about a beautiful mind. That was, that was Paul. And what I really loved about the picture was his eyes were just so alive. Because to me, you know, to see greatness. I was with, uh, years ago, I was with Kay's son. He graduated high school. And we're all trying to say, you know, congratulations, good on you. And, and you know, it was kind of repetitive, but, you know, it was fine. And I just kind of just looked at the young man, Matty Matt. And he's a beautiful young man of service. I think he's overseas in Africa right now. God bless him. And uh, I said, for, for, for my point, you know, I've traveled the world. I've seen things. I've experienced things, some good, some bad. But to see greatness in front of us, for us to experience greatness is our best joy. You will have so much ahead of you. The th imagine the things that you can accomplish, the lives that you can affect and change for the better. And that was Paul. Paul and I mean, Howie, my friend, my brother David Howard and I, we were probably selfish because we wanted so much for Paul because we knew he can achieve so much. That, that, that Paul can, was going to do things that we couldn't even, Howard and I couldn't even fathom, let alone imagine. And I think sometimes when we love someone so much, we want too much from them. Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? Sometimes we love someone 
a spouse, a partner, a lover, a dear friend, our children, our relatives, our neighbors, our politicians. We expect, we come to expect too much of them. And then if they don't do what we want, when we want it, ho, ho, we get a little disappointed. We get a little jaded. And that's, in part, I'm talking about myself. And then you have to look back, why are you acting or reacting the way you are? I think the last three years, um, you know, because of my divorce, I, I process more, I try to listen more, and I try to speak less, which, good luck with that. That's why I have a podcast show. <laughs> but I, 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 I look back, Dave, why are you reacting to this? Or why do you think like this? Because I do, ladies and gentlemen, I fumble, I stumble. But I really do pride myself in being nice. I'm being polite. And just doing little things that might make someone's life brighter or, 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 or just put a smile on their face or give them a sense of value, particularly with the, uh, 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 the, the variant of the variant to the variant from the variant for more variants. Because people get scared and they do things they don't normally do or maybe they harm themselves in ways they can't see. So I do process a lot. And part of it is, I think, well, no. I know. I'm just going to admit it. I know, in part, because of my past, I was too critical in f uh, with Paul. I saw Paul as, as with the perfect family. A, a dad who was Mr. Goodwrench. Uh, uh, Google that. A little bit of Gran Torino from the movie Gran Torino. Worked in his garage and had things in a certain way. And, you know, he was very mechanical, Mr. Brazil was. Paul had the beautiful, the most beautiful sister you could ever imagine. A protective mom, you know, as moms are, particularly in that age and, 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 and where we were at that point of life. Back, back then, it was like you married at high school. You had a white picket fence, and you stayed married and had kids, and, you know, that was it. You fulfilled your, your duties, you know, raised those kids. But in my case, because, you know, I was abused as a kid, and I had to instantly think, about stealing food, instantly think about protecting my body, instantly think about the game of chess of what I'm going to do tomorrow or next week, always problem solving and disconnecting so I didn't feel any pain, so I didn't want to get hurt. And then you couple that, I had a lot of challenges. I had Mount Everest, per se, challenges, learning how to walk or talk or even tying my shoes I had no motor skills when I was placed in foster care. I didn't do sports. I was just working. So I didn't starve at age 18. And I saw my pro I saw my life as problem solving. Oh, what are you crying? It's like, wow, it's only a paper cut. It's only a scratch. Okay, they said, they said, they said a bad word to you. Boo-hoo-hoo. Let me call the wambulance. So that was my state of mind in a sense. Because when I saw it's like Paul, because Paul had a couple issues growing up as a teenager, and it was sad for me because I could see him shutting down. I'm like, dude, you can't let this get to you. You're Paul Brazil. You're like super crazy smart. Again, at age 14, he did the R2-D2 around 12, 13. He was always refining it. At age 13, he was in the front cover of a, of, of a local newspaper. 
at age 14, NASA was talking to Paul. And I just, I, I, I just was so mad. Like, Paul, come on, man. Don't let this thing get to you. You had an argument with your dad or you got teased at school. Everybody gets teased at school. All right, they hurt your feeling. Do something about it. Make friends with them or just blow them off and just do your own thing because you're Paul Brazil, man. You're awesome. But I think with me, what I did, particularly in my 20s in the Air Force, is, is, is I judged more than I assisted. I shut down when I probably should have listened. And part of that is my programming. I give people two or three chances, and if I feel I'm not being valued or listened to or if I feel I'm just being deliberately disrespected, I just shut down and I'm gone. I'm gone, girl. You'll never see me again. In my 20s, I was in the Air Force, and, 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 and I would call my friend, my brother, David Howard. How's your mom? I know your dad passed away. How's your mom? How's your sister? How's the neighborhood? And we always talked about Paul to the point that Howie would be in tears. He says, I try and try and try. And I, Dave Pelzi, Howie would say, you know, I'm, I got to get a job. I've got to work. I'm trying to help my mom out. I got to think of my own life. And, and, and I can only do so much for Paul. Can you come over? And one time I came over to help out from Florida to California. And Paul didn't want anything to do with me, so I shut down further. I tried and I tried and I tried. <sighs> but I should have done more. You know, it's the saddest thing was to see this light dissipate from Paul. This wonderment dissipate. He used to get so excited about, like we would see... As teenagers, we would see these Burt Reynolds films, and he would do stunts, and we said, we can do that. What? Yeah, d we can definitely do that stunt. No way. What do you do? No way. What? And he would analyze the smallest little things, air compression, molecule compression, shocks on the vehicle, weight, torque, blah, blah, blah. And somehow he broke it down, and we kind of tried a few things. It's like, wow, man, this is, this is something. And it wasn't about doing bad things. It just kind of broke my heart and Howie's heart and J.D.'s heart and his friend Gene's heart to see him in such a state that he just lost his vigor. I mean, we all do this at age four or five. What are you going to be when you grow up? And we just knew there was going to be so much greatness for Paul. And I guess sometimes in our judgment, we forget our humanity, and, and, and we have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, particularly if you're, if you're a listener to the show, you're probably over 40. If you're a listen, listener to the show and you're in your 30s, you're starting to get a good education. This is old school, okay? Not everybody's going to be in first place. Life is not fair. Bad things happen to good people all the time. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. That's why I say celebrate those good days. When you're down in your luck right now and you're not doing too well, think about something or someone else that can really need that smile. And sometimes I've learned opening up a door for someone makes them feel good. Giving out little Subway gift cards, I can feed someone for at least two whole days. Sometimes we have to remember that we're all human. And... Some people, like myself, are luckier than others. And that's why it's important, ladies and gentlemen, it's what you do with your luck. So if I may, 
Let me quote a verse. And I'm doing this off the top of my head. So if I do this wrong, forgive me. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. With the same measure you use, it will be measured upon you. Before you take the speck of sawdust out of your brother's eye, take the plank out of yours. I think that's a, a good verse for me. And I think if we can kind of keep that in the back of our pocket, in our backpack, per se, our psychological backpack, before we go explosive on other people. Just put yourself in their shoes, in a sense. There's no saying before you judge, you know, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And as I grow a little bit older, I'm trying to get more patient. And I'm trying to just be calm, cool, and collective. But it makes, when I see someone like Paul and his life, and what we all thought he could have been or should have been, and that's up to Paul. It's his life. It's his choice. It just makes me want to be a better person. There was a, there was a lot of people there. Uh, it was amazing to see some of these people I haven't seen in years and years and years. You know, uh, I got to see Miss Nalen, and uh, her daughter Susie was there. And as teenagers, it, Susie was the most prettiest girl you ever saw. She was, a, I think, a pom-pom cheerleader, the head cheerleader of the of the school, and God, everybody just loved her so much, and, and, and you get to see her as a, as a mature woman, and I got to see uh, 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 Paul's good friend, Gene, and a dear friend of mine, a brother of mine, J.D. Thome, and there was only four of us that spoke. I spoke a little bit there and made a few jokes, and, and J.D. Thome, he, he, he said something that just made me, it melted my heart, he was talking to Mrs. Brazil, and he says he wanted to thank her and her family. He says, we were all chuckleheads, and we were scamps, Mrs. Brazil. But whether it was Paul or Dory or your husband, Mr. Brazil, or yourself, you all kind of took us in because we were all lost boys. And when, how he just said it, it's like, yes. I was in foster care. J.D. was an orphan. Gene didn't really get along with his uh, uh, his family too much. Howie, his father, was not as nice as he should have been, and there was you know excessive drinking and you know all that that went with that. And yet we all found solace. And I think with Paul, he just made it easy. He made it look so easy to touch the stars. So I'm just trying to pay respects and hopefully give us all something to think about just a little bit differently. Because I know I have a beautiful lady who listens to our show. And I know she spends basically all her time helping out others. And I think with her, it makes her enjoy that glass of wine all the more or value you know, when she can have time to herself and do the things that she needs to do. All right. Well, I do have good news. <laughs> That's not too solemn. Dave, I need a Xanax, okay? It is too, too much, too heavy for me, okay? All right, well, I have good news now. So, okay, let's talk about something that I like to talk about. Me, 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 and me too. <laughs> Okay, I have great news to announce. I have a big announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, alert the media. 
It took me seven months, but I finally got my refrigerator fixed. I bought a new refrigerator when I moved into my humble abode. And two months into buying the refrigerator, it slowly crapped out. Oh, my goodness. And I called service people in Egypt and uh, I think Taiwan and China. And I just couldn't get anybody to come out to fix it. And then someone, I said, okay, I'll, I'll buy a new refrigerator because I know it's going to take a couple months to get a new refrigerator and, you know, the refunds involved. And But I got to get in queue. And, of course, the refrigerator is going to be delivered in December. It said delivery date, December. And I waited for that. It says, no, 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 that's when you call. That's when we allow you to call to make another delivery date. Go into Best Buy, talk to these guys, say, Mr. Pelzer, this thing might take months and months and months. Darn it. So I'm living out of a cooler, which means I'm not cooking. Everybody knows I love to cook. And uh, I finally got a hold of a, a, a professional that does these things. You know, oh, it can be, it sounds like the compressor leaking and da-da-da-da-da-da. And it took him a few months, I think three or four months, to finally get him to come. And guess what? He fixed it in 10 minutes. Yep. Pelzer Dumas does it again. I guess there's two th switches or two buttons you have to hold for three seconds, but no longer than four. And then you have to reset them again. And then you have to wait another 60 seconds to press them for another 20 seconds until it goes beep, 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 and it resets. Yep. Yep, I am a genius. Not. <laughs> so I'm happy to announce uh, I have a refrigerator that works. So after this show, I'm going shopping, okay? Not for spring fashion. I want horseradish. I want mayonnaise, mustard, ketchup, yogurt. Uh, uh, American cheese slices, stuffers, lasagna. I'm going all out. It's going to be food a palooza for me, ladies. You may not hear from me again. <laughs> what happened to Dave? He in a calorie coma, okay? He, he, he ain't going out no more. He eating in the house. Yes. Uh, on the serious side, I am very happy to announce that, uh, gosh, I'm not sure how to say this because I didn't think it would happen to me again. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'll just say, <sighs> book nine. I'm done with book nine. We signed the contracts yesterday. Uh, and the name of the book, if I haven't given it to you, it's, it's a beautiful book. It's a very romantic book. It's called Return to the River. Uh, it's going to be a slow rollout. We'll give you more information as it uh, comes out. But uh, uh, I talked to the editor the other day, and editors are very cynical. They have to be. Uh, that's all they do is read, read, read. And, and, and sometimes people mail me their manuscripts and books, and I, I'm, I'm not an editor. I'm not a publisher. And after like two pages, you're like, oh, my gosh, and there's 300 more, and that's going to take me six months to read? Like I just finished Peril by Bob Woodward, and that took me a good four and a half months to read because I want to digest it. It's a very thick book on uh, the transition from Trump to Biden and, and what you know the presidents do and how they think and react to things and so forth. But the editor was very gracious, and she says, this is such a beautiful, wrenching love story. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a good book, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll give you more information as, as things progress. I'm doing the slow rollout. I'm kind of doing this like Eon Productions. Uh, Eon Productions, they produce the James Bond films. 
and there's always a slow rollout. And I, I do believe it's going to be an amazing book, and I do believe it's going to help a lot of people out, particularly with all that's going on in the world today. And it's also predicted, I don't know this, they're already talking about, Dave, now that you've written this one, we want you to write book 10. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't do that, which means I already came up with the title for the new book. If I have a new one, it will be a self-help book. <laughs> but there's that. All right, let's get to you. Enough about me. Let me talk about you. Hey, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, next week, I think it's Valentine's week or day. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you. Now, this is going to sound a little weird, but, you know, if you listen to the show, I take a walk on the wild side. I traipse. I go where no man has gone before. Okay? I kind of think that, I've thought about this for a few years. I think Valentine's is a little bit of a scam. Think about it. Mm -hmm. Chocolates and flowers and candies and taking the girls out to dinner and buying them gifts. Oh, my gosh. But uh, I do remember... uh, on the other side of that coin, I remember there was a movie I think it was called Working Girl. Carly Simon had the song. And uh, Harrison Ford was in the film. And Sigourney Weaver. And, 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 and uh, oh, of course, uh, Alec Baldwin was in it. And the beautiful, oh my goodness, the luscious Melanie Griffith. And there was a couple scenes. Uh, 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 well, we're all adults here. There was a scene in which Melanie Griffith is vacuuming a room. Her boss's house, her apartment. She's vacuuming and she's in her undergarments. And you're thinking, God, I wish I had slow-mo. Uh, do we have, can we put that on slow-mo? It was just beautiful. Another scene, uh, uh, her boyfriend character, Alec Baldwin, gives his girlfriend, Melanie Griffith, for her birthday, some lingerie. And Melanie Griffith's like, is this for me? And Alec Baldwin just kind of smiles like, well, it's really for me. And the reason why I mention this is uh, I've done research. I guess the lingerie sales... The top, you know, part or, or the, the year for lingerie sales is right before Valentine's Day. Number two, you can write this down, <laughs> lingerie sales, Halloween. <laughs> Go figure, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, I, 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 you know, what I'm trying to convey is, you know, bless you. I think every day should be Valentine's Day. I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back. When I was with the former Mrs. Pelzer, I got to tell you, I, I just loved cooking for her. Or we'd plan vacations, and I'd plan vacations within vacations. Or, you know, I'd pick her up from the airport, and let's go to a nice restaurant. Let's stay in Sausalito for a couple of days. Let's have some fun. I mean, I loved, I loved, you know, those little things. I don't wait for the once-in-a-lifetime vacation to finally relax and be with someone. I take a vacation every day with a cup of coffee, having that glass of wine, cooking for myself, planning what I'm going to cook. I got a meal I'm going to cook for myself this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. I'm in such a good mood. It's going to be uh, breaded pork chops with Parmesan cheese, creamy mushroom sauce with blue cheese. Yes, yes. And a special recipe with rice because that would be nice. But uh, for me, I, 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 I just love, you know, that, that, that thing of romance. Now, I get up, I've gotten a lot of things. Dave, I'm alone. Dave, I don't want to be alone. Dave, what do I do? Okay, here's a couple pieces of advice for you. If you want to celebrate Valentine's Day, 
and you don't want to be alone, don't be alone. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> Dave, I don't want to be alone. What do I do? Well, okay, don't be alone. Uh, 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 I think Valentine's is on Monday. Maybe you can go out with some friends. If you think you're alone, maybe you go out with some lonely heart friends and just have a glass of wine together and chat. Don't make it a big deal. People get depressed. Oh, I'm all alone. No. Go out with your friends. Okay? Maybe make new friends. Dave, it's hard for me to go out. I understand. Years ago, I mean, uh, and this is part of my little weirdness, is I remember I wanted to go out. <sighs> I was in a new town, all alone, very afraid, low self-esteem. Didn't think I looked nice or whatever. I was odd, which I always am. And, and I remember I got dressed. <sighs> I went to the front door. I put my hand on the door. I went to open it up, and I shut it. Got undressed, went to bed, and I didn't even have a heater. I was freezing in a cold bed. A couple weeks later, got dressed, showered, shaved, opened the door, stepped out, closed it, opened it, and shut it again. And it probably took me about six months to actually go through the door, drive to a local bar. I had one beer, sat alone, and just went home. But as years progressed, I remember one time I was doing an event, a fundraiser, and I, and I deliberately stayed at a nice hotel. I wanted to be at a nice hotel, and I was going through a hard time alone again, naturally, go with Sullivan there. And, and it was a Christmas party for, you know, these, these dot-com things were very big in, in the early 90s. Oh, my gosh, it's just crazy how much money was spent. And I, I remember being outside on the balcony, poor little me, I'm all alone, no one wants me, I'm a loser. And I saw people dancing and having a good time. And for a moment, I stepped outside of myself and said, wow, good for them. These people are working hard and they're with their families and their business and they're having fun. Good for them. And, uh, you know, when you step outside of yourself, it does make you feel a little bit better. And for those who know me, uh, I turned 61 this year. The last few years of my birthday, I worked for the... Uh, fire department in, uh, in, the, in the Russian River area of Monterio, and I, I, I enjoyed that being of service, but I deliberately did something that was kind of hard for me to do. I, I, I worked out, showered, shaved, planned everything, and I took myself out to dinner. And I sat at the end of the bar, people watching, and I was proud to be a little bit more dressed up than some of these young folks. And I uh, had a nice uh, a cocktail. Then I had a nice glass of wine. I treated myself to a nice dinner. So I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, you're not alone. you got to adjust. Or you can do this. If, 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 if you are alone and you can't, for whatever reason, go out, or you're too afraid to meet anybody, you feel too exposed or maybe, maybe not secure enough in that, here's what I, t here's what I recommend you do. Date yourself. Now write that down. That will be on the test. Date yourself. Think about it. Ever go on a date? Okay, so um, I live in my mother's basement, and uh, I'm kind of in between jobs, and that's been going on since 1980. No, 1993. Let me see. Um, I have a lizard and a python snake named Reggie. Yeah, they're both named Reggie. What? Oh, oh my God, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Date yourself. 
I did this a lot in my 40s before I met the former future former ex-Mrs. Pelzer. Low esteem and stuff like that. I just got tired of it. I would see people date. I would sit and watch people date. I'm going, oh, my God. Somebody get a Gatlin gun. This has to end now. <laughs> Throw a grenade on that one, okay? Take it, <laughs> okay? And think about it. I did this a few times, and it really worked, because I remember one of the best dates I had with myself was on a Saturday. And, and I made sure, first off, the house has to be clean. The house has to be spotless. Dave, spotless. And that includes fresh flowers, dust, and you smell the oil or diffusers. And that includes clean sheets. I've told you once, I'll tell you a thousand times, if I had Oprah money, I would have clean sheets every, hang on this, not every day, twice a day, okay? Those sheets are eight hours old. I want fresh, fresh, fresh sheets, okay? Make them crispy, crispy, crispy. Everything's got to be done <laughs> like you're going to a resort. And uh, work out is a good thing. Do a, do a few hours of good work. I remember I would go to church on Saturday and see my good friend, uh, Father Lincoln, which we've talked about on the show. What are you all dressed up for, young man? Well, I've got a date. Really? Well, good for you. Congratulations. Tell me all about it later. I'm like, okay, <laughs> good luck with that, Father. Go home, and I would cook. Sometimes I'd prep at 2 o'clock, stop, go to church, come back, come home, take off the jacket, throw on a nice movie. Not the Terminator series. I was, I was going to get that question. Why do you make reference to Terminator? Because it just got worse and worse and worse. We wanted the Terminator to be terminated. Thank you. So I, I, I usually watch uh, Citizen Kane or Casablanca or maybe a lighthearted movie, you know. Uh, I don't know, but not, nothing too serious and nothing too, you know, whatever, you know. But uh, I, I remember one time I had a nice dinner. And I think it's one of the first times I didn't complete all the dinner dishes. I just rinsed them off and left them in the sink, and that's a big thing for me. Sat down on the couch, had a glass of wine, go outside, pray with a nightcap. <sighs> Get undressed, brush my tooth, read my Bible, read a little bit of the book. Go home. Oh, my goodness, sleep. Drift off to sleep. Yeah, and there's, there's no walk of shame when you date yourself. <laughs> Got to put that in there. What did I do? Oh, my gosh. There's no walk of shame unless, when you're dating yourself, there's no walk of shame unless on the way from the kitchen back to the bedroom that you drop cheesecake on the rug and then you step on it and it squishes in your toes. That would, that not that that's ever happened to me. Oh, no. And by the way, that's with strawberries. Hmm. And that doesn't look good on white carpet. It doesn't. You've a lot of explaining to do with that one. But all I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, is don't put too much pressure on yourself. Be your best friend. If you don't take care of yourself, who will? If you don't take care of yourself now, when? Don't wait for something good to fall on your lap. Make every day your Valentine's Day. Maybe pull back a little bit. If someone hurts you, hurt people, hurt people. We need to take care of ourselves so we can take care of others or lend a hand. Or sometimes just a smile. Just a smile can change someone's whole trajectory. And that's, I think, what I learned from Paul. 
I got to see him before he passed and did a couple of my impressions. He liked the one I did to Arnold or Inspector Clearsell. Of course, oh, I'm your father, Skywalker. He loved that stuff. And I got to make him smile. And just for a little bit, a little bit, his eyes shined. And his mother was very kind to me. And the lovely Miss Story was kind to me. They wrote me a couple cards. And it just meant the world to me. So, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you a happy, happy Valentine's Day every day. So, folks, that's, that's, that's our show. And as always, we want to thank our good friend Pat Metheny and Pat Metheny Management and Pat Metheny Group for the beautiful, beautiful music they provide for us in the opening and the closing of the show. Uh-oh. Easter egg. Spoiler alert. We're going to use one of Pat's songs as a piece of theme music for the book. Uh, with the first two books, there was always one Pat Metheny song, and I think this this book is so thick. We're going to have three pieces of music, and one of them will be a Pat Metheny song. So thank you again to Pat Metheny. I want to thank you for giving us a listen. I, ch- I always say this is going to be a short show, shorty, shorty, but I went a little long because, again, I care, I care too much. I do. It's amazing. But I appreciate you taking your valuable time to listen to us. And I know sometimes when you're alone, it doesn't seem like there's light at the end of the tunnel, but I always say have faith. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in others. Have faith in your higher power. And don't give up. You just never know what the tide's going to bring in the next day. Or, I say, just wait. Just wait a little bit. You never know what events may transpire in the course of one's life. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, please do as much as you can for as long as you can for as many as you can. So until next time, my good friends, God bless you. Take good care. And as always, good day, good luck, and again, God bless.